with unimaginable excitement, he ran home and he asked his father, Daddy, can I go? Daddy, can I go? Well, the family was very, very poor. But sensing that boy's excitement, the father said, Son, if you have all of your Sunday morning chores done, I'll pay for you to go to the circus. Well, come Saturday morning, guess what? All the chores were done. And so the father reached into his overalls and he gave that boy a quarter and he sent him on his way to that circus. As he neared the village, people were lining the streets. And so the boy kind of made his way to the curb and lo and behold, you won't believe what was coming, the circus parade was coming down the street. The parade was the greatest thing that boy had ever seen. Caged animals snarled as they passed by. Bands played exciting tunes. Acrobats tumbled their way down the street and flags and ribbons swirled overhead. Finally, after all that had passed, a circus clown with his floppy shoes and his baggy pants and his brightly painted face came out and he laid his hand out there to shake the boy's hand and the boy gave him the quarter. And then he turned around and he went home. Now what happened? The boy thought that he'd seen the circus. But all he saw was the parade. Friend, are you experiencing God's best for your life? Are you experiencing all that God has in store for you? You see, this Christian life that we're living is meant to be a very exciting adventure. But many Christians seem to be content to settle for considerably less than what God has in store for His people. So friend, do you desire to be on fire for Jesus? Do you desire the spiritual abundance in your life that Jesus promised the believers? Friend, today, the Bible is going to speak out about how to experience God's best for your life. In John chapter 9, we learn that Jesus had given sight to a man who was born blind. So Jesus became the turning point in that man's life, and I want to tell you this morning that Jesus wants to be the turning point in your life as well. In receiving his sight, that man believed in Jesus. The Bible says he worshipped Jesus, but he also discovered that Jesus was not only the author of eternal life, he was not only the doorway into heaven forever, he was also the doorway into abundant life in the here and the now. So today, you and I are going to see five truths revealed about Jesus as the door 
and see how Jesus brings about abundant life. First of all, we're going to see in John chapter 10, that's on page 950 in the Bibles in front of you. I really want you to see this this morning. In John chapter 10, beginning in verse 7, we learn that Jesus is the door to access. Jesus is the door to access. Verse 7, John chapter 10, then Jesus said to them again, he said to his disciples again, most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes just to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Now there's one thing you need to know about the sheepfolds in ancient Israel. The sheepfolds weren't like the corrals that we see on farms today. These sheepfolds normally were built in a cave that was carved out of a hill. It was nothing fancy. The sheepfold was just enough to contain the sheep and to keep them from wandering into danger or being eaten by predators. There was only one opening into the sheepfold and the shepherd himself would lay across that opening to the sheepfold. That way no sheep could get out and no enemy could get in except over his body. So in a very literal sense, the shepherd was the door. The shepherd was the door of the sheepfold. No sheep could get out and no enemy could get in. He was the only way to access the sheepfold. No way in, no way out, except through him. And Jesus said in John 14, 6, that he is the door that gives us access into this living relationship with our Heavenly Father, the creator of the universe, our God Almighty. He said in that, in that verse, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus was clear. He was clear about how ordinary sinners, just like you and me, can gain access to a relationship with God the Father. And the Bible never wavered from that exclusive claim. In fact, in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Peter said, Salvation is found in no other. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. People may try to look in other places. They may try to find some other way to fill that God-shaped void in their heart. But every other way comes up short. There's only one way to a relationship with God. And the only way to gain access to the Father is through Jesus. That's it. 
But Jesus is also another door. He is also the door of provision. In verse 9 of John chapter 10, Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. What will God provide? What will Jesus provide? He will provide salvation. Amen? He's the door to salvation. But he will also go in and out and find pasture. That is, Jesus will provide nourishment. He'll provide a means by which the Christian can grow. So, Jesus is the door of provision. Now, one of God's many names is Jehovah Jireh. And Jehovah Jireh means the Lord provides. The Lord provides. You see, Jesus, our God, meets our needs and sustains our very lives. So what is our greatest need then? Our greatest need is forgiveness and cleansing of sin. That is first and foremost. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus died. That's why Jesus was gloriously resurrected. To forgive and cleanse you and I of sin. But I'm so thankful that we have a shepherd that realizes that his sheep have other needs as well. What other needs? Well, if I'm reading Psalm 23 right... Psalm 23 says that he, God, makes me lie down in green pastures. What am I going to find in green pastures? I'm going to find food there, amen. I'm thankful for food. Anybody else? Amen. Praise God, right? He provides us with food. But Psalm 23 goes on to say that he leads me beside still waters. He provides me water to drink. But he also restores my soul. He reconciles me to a relationship with God. Not only the physical, but the spiritual as well. Have you allowed your shepherd opportunity to restore your soul lately? Sometimes I think that even as Christians, we don't give Jesus enough opportunity to restore our soul. Especially in times like these. These are unprecedented times. And there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of challenges that come with this coronavirus. And daily we need to be allowing the shepherd to restore our soul. Amen. To keep us on fire for the Lord. So perhaps, perhaps you need to allow Jesus to, to minister to you. Perhaps you need to spend some time at the door. Amen. Spend some time with the shepherd and let him, him minister to you and provide you with what you really need. Because it's so much more than just the physical. It's so much more than just the mental, emotional, and financial. No, it's also the spiritual that the shepherd wants to provide you with. His promise is this. If you'll just come to the door, he'll provide you with what you need. But along with access and along with provision, we also know that Jesus protects us. He protects us from ourselves. Amen on that? Amen. Man, I tell you what, how I'm here is beyond me. For 17 years, I lived in the world as a heathen. And how I made it is only by the grace of God. Right? He protected me from myself because he knew what was coming. I pray. Amen? So he'll protect us from ourselves, but he'll also protect us from other sources of danger. How does he do that? Because Jesus is the door of protection. In John chapter 10 and verse 10, the, Jesus said, The thief only comes to steal. He only comes to kill. He only comes to destroy. 
How many of you like to feel safe, even if it's from yourself? Man, I love the, the safe feeling in my home. I love that my home, and it's not the building, but my home is a sanctuary. It's a place where I feel safe. Why? Because I know Jesus is there. Amen? He is the one that makes me safe. He is the one that protects me because the shepherd protects all of his sheep. Amen? But have you ever noticed that the shepherd protects us? Yes. But have you noticed that he doesn't always protect our possessions? Possessions come and go. I've had a lot over the years. Lots of money and lots of possessions. And I ain't got them today. But I'm still here, amen? amen. Give me a big amen. amen. Brother Bill's here, praise God, amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thankful so much that he protected me even though he may not have protected my possessions. Why didn't he protect my, protect my possessions? Why is that? It's because the sheep don't own nothing. Y'all getting that? The sheep don't own anything. We should always remember that everything we have belongs to the shepherd. And if he wants to take it, that's for his bidding. And that's for his glory. So let, let us remember that everything you have belongs to the shepherd because you don't own nothing. You're a sheep. Amen? So when we're completely surrendered, when we're utterly dependent upon him to shepherd us and to protect us, we know that he'll protect us from those who will try to steal from us, try to kill us, and try to destroy us. As the door to the sheepfold, the shepherd is able to keep his sheep in, and he's also able to keep the enemies and the predators out. Praise the Lord. Here's the bottom line. Listen carefully. If you're listening, say amen. If you don't leave with anything else, you leave with this today, okay? Nothing can get to you unless it comes through Jesus first. Nothing can get to you unless it comes through Jesus first. And if it comes through Jesus first, it's intended for your blessing, even though it don't feel like it, even though it don't look like it. Everything belongs to the shepherd. He is the door. And listen, y'all, if something unpleasant comes along, and it happens. Anybody got a testimony about something unpleasant that's happened in your life? We've all experienced the unpleasant things. But if it happens, the shepherd knows that you and he, together, can handle it in the power of God. So there's no worries. Jesus is the door of access he is the door to provision. He is the door of protection. But the next one is really something exciting to talk about. Because Jesus is also the door of life. In the second part of verse 10, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life. And so I read that initially and I said, well, duh. I'm breathing, right? I'm living. So you've come to give me life. Okay, I can deal that. But the word for life here means far more than just existing. The word for life here means life in all of its fullness. It means the fullness of life. Jesus wants you to experience the God life here and now. In this life, he wants you to begin to experience the God life. Now, you can never be like God. Don't be deceived in that way. But you can share in his nature according to the Bible. 
Peter wrote about it in 2 Peter chapter 1, in verse 3. He said, His divine power, the shepherd's divine power, has given us everything we need, here we go, for life, the fullness of life, and godliness. Amen? Let's keep going. Through our knowledge of him, the shepherd, who called us by his own glory and by his own goodness, through these he's given us very great and precious promises that through these... You, here it comes, you may participate in the divine nature. People can look at you and say, that's what Jesus probably looks like. People can hear how you speak and how you are compassionate to people, and they can recognize that that's what Jesus is like. It's the divine nature, and thereby they can escape corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Jesus, the door, did not come to exclude people. He did not come to earth to condemn people. He did not come to earth to shut people out. He even said in John 3, 17, that the Son of God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Right? Our shepherd Jesus is the living door. The living door who has come to give you life in all of its fullness. Not just physical life, but a permanent spiritual connection with your creator. And that's an exciting life, y'all. That is a great life. So let me ask you this question. How is life for you? With all that we're facing, with the political temperature in our nation... Being so high and, and distasteful, how is life for you? Are you living or are you just existing? Are you living life in its fullness or are you just existing, just breathing air? Jesus offers you a vibrant, living relationship with the one that created you. That's exciting news, friend. So I urge you, go to the door. Go to the door and ask him for life in all of its fullness. It's the best gift you'll ever have. It won't cost you anything, but it cost him everything. It cost him his own life but you know what? He gladly gave it so that you could have life in all of its fullness. Well, finally, what kind of life does Jesus offer me today? You ever heard that phrase, what have you done for me lately? Amen. I wonder how often do we say that to Jesus, even though we may not articulate it. What has Jesus, what kind of life does Jesus offer me now, today? Well, he says that Jesus is the door of abundance. Finishing verse 10, he said, I have come that they may have life in all of its fullness and have it more abundantly. Say more abundantly. Y'all, that is Jesus' desire for your life. To have it more abundantly. Can I tell you this morning that Jesus is your more than enough God? He doesn't want you to just have just enough to get by. 
He doesn't want you to have just enough to squeak by. No, he wants to pour out his love on you in such a way that you are filled completely and ready to overflow that love into somebody else's life. Wow. That's more abundantly. See, it's not just about me. It's about you. It's about our families. It's about our workplace. It's about our circle of influence. And I'm to be filled to overflowing, so I'm overflowing that into the lives of other people. That's more abundantly, friend. That's more abundantly. What does that word abundant mean? Abundant means an extraordinary amount. Abundant means a cup running over. Abundant means above and beyond what I could ever ask or imagine. Abundant means way beyond what is necessary amount. But an amount of what? A way beyond what is necessary amount of what? Friend, life. Life in all of its fullness. Life. Jesus wants to overwhelm you. Jesus wants to overwhelm you in your life. He wants to overwhelm you with an inexhaustible, extraordinary, supernatural, more than enough, matchless, overflowing life in all of its fullness. That's what Jesus wants to give you. And friend, if we're not having it, it's not his fault. Because that's why he came. If it's not his fault, whose fault is it? <laughs> Mike, Mike stuck that hand up. said, me too, brother. Me too, man. It's our fault. So friend, do you have that kind of life today? Are you living an extraordinary, more than enough kind of life? Do you know this shepherd that takes such incredible care of his flock? Do you know that he wants to know you in this way? He wants you to spend some time with him. To spend some time. He wants to spend time with you. Maybe... Healing your wounds. Who here this morning has had wounds that stand in need of healing by the Lord Jesus Christ? We've all needed those wounds healed. He wants you to spend some time with him so that he can restore your soul. How many of you got so low that you could crawl under a beetle's belly? Right here. Amen. He's the one who will restore your soul. And you ain't got to live under that beetle's belly no more. Amen? He wants to spend some time with you healing your wounds, restoring your soul. The question is this. Will you let him? Will you spend some time with him so that he can do this? He wants to spend time with you. Access time. He says, I'm the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. He's the door of access. The only way, friend. The only way into the sheepfold. The only way into heaven. He's also the door of provision. He's the one that wants to meet your needs. He wants to sustain your life in every way. He's the door of protection. He wants to protect you from those predators. He wants to protect you from your enemies. He wants to protect you and guards you from the thieves. He's also the door of life. 
He's the one that wants to give you this God life. This more than enough life. Why? Because he's the door of abundance. He's the author of this more than enough life. So maybe you need some attention from the shepherd this morning. Maybe you need some attention from the shepherd today. Friend, the best way for that to occur is for you to spend some quality time. And I pray this morning has been some quality time for you spent at the shepherd's feet. I pray that you'll daily spend quality time at the door. I pray that today you will spend some quality time at this altar. You know, it takes a lot of humility to come up and bow before the altar even in a church family setting like this. Yet that's what we're called to do. To spend some time at the shepherd's feet. I read about U.S. astronaut Shannon Lucid who all she wanted to do was go home. She had been aboard the Russian Space Center Mir for over six months. Her ride home had been delayed by hurricanes on Earth and also by mechanical failure. And it made her stay in space the longest of any American astronaut since that time. Every day, she faced the setbacks with just a, a patient, good cheer. But as the days wore on, Shannon knew that there was something she was missing. Shannon admitted all she wanted to do was just go home. You ever been there before? I just want to go home. All she wanted to do was just go home and be with her family. All that Shannon wanted to do was just to feel the sun on her face. All that Shannon wanted to do is be able to breathe fresh air for a change. And just before she was picked up by the space shuttle Atlantis, Shannon said, you can bet one thing. I won't be on the wrong side of that hatch when they come to get me for the last time. Now, Shannon had also admitted that there's a lot more important door for herself and for you and I, and that is the door of heaven. If you really want to have this special homecoming in heaven with those who have gone on before you in Christ, then you will do whatever you got to do in order to ensure that you're on the right side of the door when heaven's door shuts for the last time. So if that door was shut today, would you be inside? Or would you be forever outside the door? Jesus is the door. And those that come by him will be saved. So today I want to encourage you in some things.
I want to ask you to allow the shepherd to meet you where you are. Maybe in that string of bad habits. Maybe in that difficult place you find yourself in. I want you to let him take care of you. You know, sometimes the most difficult thing for Christians to do is allow someone else to take care of us. We think we're the problem solvers, right? Maybe you need to let him take care of you. Maybe you need to let him heal your wounds. In what way are you broken today? Maybe he needs to heal your wounds. Maybe he needs to nourish your spirit. You know, whenever I feel distant from the Lord, the only thing that collapses that distance is me kneeling down before him, spending time with him, and studying his word. It collapses that distance just like that. Just like that. Maybe you need some attention today. Life's been tough on you the last nine months of this business. Maybe you need him to nourish your spirit. Maybe you need to be reminded that he provides for you and that he will protect you and that Jesus wants to let you in on his life. It's the life you always wanted, but you never really knew what to ask for. Would you ask him today to do that work in you that only he can do? Would you ask him today to do that work in you that's needed for today? Friend, will you trust him? Will you trust him with your future today? Will you trust him at this altar today? You know, it's not necessarily for him that we come and we pray. It's for us to collapse that distance and have our soul restored. Whatever you need today, the shepherd wants to provide it for you. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, thank you for being the door. The door that gives us access to heaven. The door that gives us protection the door that provides our needs and sustains our life. Jesus, thank you for being the door of life in all of its fullness. And thank you that you are the door of abundance because you want us to have life more abundantly, not only life for ourselves, but life for our mate, life for our family. Life for our friends. Life for those strangers we bump into. And Lord, it's that abundance that you came to provide for us. Lord, wherever we need to be, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, you would grant that that we need today. Lord, bless us as we seek your face and restore our souls.
In Jesus' name, the shepherd, we pray. And all God's people said. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's sing. I surrender all.
talks about being a steward of our nation. Well, you know, we need to be steward of our prayers, too. And those people were placed in our care, whether it be by you or a perfect stranger. And so they are in our care. And so I want to encourage you to pray for those folks. You may not know them. I don't know half of them. But you know what? We can pray for them. And we can ask God's best. Ask for God's life to be upon them. Amen. Friends, I pray that you've been blessed today. I pray that you seek the more abundant God that we serve. And that you would uh, be, as that song sang, that you would be filled with love. So that it would overflow onto other people. Amen. Namely, those in our prayer concerns, but there's also those in our circle of influence, our family members that desperately need prayer. And they need care. And they need love. They need to know God's love. Amen. So that being said, brother, would you close? Oh, wait, one more thing, brother. Hang on just a second. So, uh, get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Janet, join Brother Bill up there if you don't if you don't mind. So Brother Bill says we've been going through this for nine months. You know it, and uh, this is uh, this has been a terrible thing for for all of us. Hate it so much, but you know um, a lot of small churches, and we're considered a small church. A lot of small churches hadn't made it, and uh, hopefully they'll they'll get to going. Uh, full strength, and after all of this is over with, because someday it will be, it'll, it'll all be over with. But there's Brother Bill has been constant through all of this. I mean, you know, he's he's called us, he has encouraged us to be here. He's uh, he has uh, been uh, kind of the glue that's holding that's held us together. And so I just thank God for uh, for Brother Bill who has who has been so tremendous through all of this, right, and you know, and if you're if, if you've ever had uh, somebody in your uh, uh, in your family that you've told Brother Bill about, you want him to pray for. You know that he's contacted you. He's contacted you through text or called you or some way. He's got he's got in touch with you, and he says, "How you doing?" You know, he's always. <clears throat> He always remembers you. So I just thank God for a pastor like that, 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 will, that will do that for us. Amen. And so this month is uh, Pastor Appreciation Month. So we have a little gift for you, Brother Bill. And uh, uh, you can help uh, uh, give this to Janet so that she can furnish that, uh, uh, that new house, all right? If y'all don't know, they're living in Killing now, so they've uh, moved from Athens to Killing, so that's, that's really good. So, um, you know, they're closer to, closer to uh, Florence and actually a lot of, lot of us, too. So, anyway, we appreciate Brother Bill and Janet so much for, for all they do for us. And I, so I challenge you, as you go out today, make a selfie. All right, make a selfie and post it on Facebook and tell them how much you appreciate them as, as, you, as you do. So that's, uh, that's something we can do. We can just, yeah, just tag him. Let them know. Let people know how much you appreciate your pastor, all right? Just make a selfie and, and, and with your family if you want. It'll be great. All right, so thank you, Brother Bill. Of all the people I'm not supposed to hug, I miss hugging you the most. <laughs> I always come in. The first thing I do is give Brother Bill a hug. So I'm not supposed to hug people. So, but I miss, yeah, hug, miss, yeah, I miss hugging Brother Bill the most. We hear that word, Try to try to stay by the rules. But is there anything else uh, before we go? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Tell them how much you appreciate him. All right. All right. There's nothing else. 
Uh, we'll go to the Lord in prayer and be dismissed. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day. Thank you for all the goodness you've given us, Lord. We just love you, and we just ask your blessings upon each one of these people that have come to your house to worship you, glorify you, and to sing praises to you, God. Lord, we especially thank you for our pastor, his wife, and his wife that had just made so much difference in this church and, and have just been so steady and true and, and right since this, um, uh, all of this mess started. And to God, we just thank you for a, a pastor that will preach the word and, and not only talk the talk, but walk the walk. And to God, we just give you the praise and the honor and the glory for everything that happens in this church. And we love you so much. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.